What does it mean to master the game of life? Like any game, it requires a fundamental understanding and application of the rules. But living in today's on-demand society is making this nearly impossible as our attention is increasingly being fought over and monetized by others. Will Moore's mission is to help you hit the reset button by providing a new set of game rules based on time-proven universal principles and modern science to gamify your life by making it fun and addictive to replace your habits in the five core areas of your life proven to lead to true happiness. Ready, player one? How's it going? What's up, man? I'm, I'm doing good. I'm good. Really How good. are you doing? Awesome. Yeah, thanks, sure. for, thanks for having thanks me. Thanks for coming on. Uh, excited to have you on. Yeah, you know, I've, I've mentioned several times, you know, when I've had guests, it seems like almost everybody that's in the space of, and I don't want to use, the, I don't like the word wellness. I don't like the word self-help, right? I don't know. What do you use when you're talking about, you're basically trying to help people? Well, what, what, what term do you use? Personal development, I guess. But also tricky, like right? self-improvement. Personal like development, self-improvement sure. has okay. more of like a, a spiritual meaning to it to me. Yeah, I like self-improvement probably the best out of all those. Well, part, maybe part of the reason I don't like those words is because they have a negative connotation for me. Like when I was growing up, yeah. it was always like, what? You're doing self-help? You're, you know, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh, but it, anyways, what I was going to say is everybody, I feel like almost everybody I've had on the show, they've had like some major moment. And I always am like, God, like if only everybody could have this moment, like this, this big life changing experience, because I had mine when I was in college and I was suicidal and I was like at my rock bottom. I had a, a kind of my, my rock bottom bounce, I call it moment. And sounds like you've had one. So let's, let's get into yours. And then I like kind of what you talk about where you talk about trying to help people um, create that powerful life changing moment. So, yeah, so let's, let's start um, with your story kind of takes us back to it was 2013 and I was with a group of 10 other friends and we piled into two separate cars. So there's a black Nissan Xterra and there's a, a burgundy Toyota 4Runner and I'm in the 4Runner and everything's going fine until our friends in the Nissan clip our car and that's when we start to fishtail. So we start to fishtail, we go one big swing to the left, another swing to the right, another swing to the left. Um, and at this point it's like, it's one of those moments where it's, it's happening like all in slow motion like just even though it's happening so fast, it all, all feels like very slow. Um, and I remember whispering to myself, please don't die. Please don't die. Please don't die over and over and over again. And it was silent until our car flipped. And so we slammed to the asphalt um, and we start sliding across the five lane freeway at 85 miles per hour, heading straight toward the center divider. And I just remember all I could see at that moment were sparks. The, the doors were grinding on the asphalt. There were sparks and smoke filling the car. Um, and that's a scent that haunted me for like months. Um, there would be random times throughout my day where I would just smell metal. The burning metal would just come revisit me. And luckily our, our car stopped like just before hitting the center divider. I'm talking like, you know, feet or inches. And at this point, the car is on its side. So I'm sitting behind the front passenger seat, which is now the side of the car that's facing up which is very confusing after a very, you know, swinging back and forth, right. flipping, all that kind of stuff. You're kind of disoriented. And I have to orient myself quickly because I'm the first person to get out because I'm the, now I'm, I'm the top of the car. And so I forced myself out of the car and, you know, jumped down the asphalt below. And I still think back, there's just like a lot of what ifs that still run through my head. You know, like what if there were cars coming down the freeway? What if we hit the center divider? What if we had no seatbelts on? Um, luckily, 
those what ifs didn't happen. But, you know, if they did happen, I probably wouldn't be on this live right now. And so that was my moment that showed me the fragility of life. Um, and it motivated me to, you know, make the changes in my life to become the person I am today. And my biggest fear now is what would have happened if I didn't get into the accident? And if I continued to live on autopilot as you know, a young college kid. So my gift was the accident because it motivated me to make those changes in and realize that this is my opportunity to, you know, make the life that I want to make and live the life I want to make. Um, so, so I see that as, you know, that was a gift. Yeah. I mean, that right, it, it was a gift. You're, you're right. I, I've, yeah, I've said this before. It's, it's kind of an oxymoron, but to say you're lucky, you are lucky. Uh, I was lucky that I had mine, you know, everybody that's had a moment that is kind of, and it, there's gotta be something there because I mean, it's like, it's, it's a common theme. Like I said, I mean, there's very few people that I've talked to that are in the space that didn't have just some either like near death or, you know, we're at kind of their rock bottom and we're like, all right, this is it where it just changed their mindset yeah. and their perspective, like immediately almost right where, and then you just started seeing the world differently and it's just like god how lucky to have that and at such an early age for you and me it sounds like we were similar mm -hmm. ages right i was in college as well um and you know some people never go through that and i call it it's sort of like this, i call it hovering above rock bottom which i can't imagine like it's almost it's like purgatory there's there's no worse death there's no worse thing i guess i should say than you're just sort of like humming along and your life's not awesome, but you feel like this is kind of how it needs to be. And, you know, you're, you're got that fixed mindset where you are who you are. Your brain is the way it is. You're, you're meant to do what you're meant to do. And, you know, you just got to get through the day. And eventually if you just work hard enough and push through all this, you know, non-fun life that you're living, uh, you know, you'll have a pina colada on a beach one day and, and be able to retire. And it's just like, dude, then you, and it's too late. And, and, and by the way, there is no such thing because when people, even at an older age, I mean, I guess, you know, if you're really old, you can maybe sit on a beach a little bit longer, but even at any age, you have to be moving. You've got to be growing in some way. You've got to be like, okay, this is what excites me. And right. I need to be taking actions towards it every day. And there's only so many pina coladas you can drink before you're like, there's yeah. no growth there. I'm just sitting. Right. So, so how do you, you know, how do you talk to people about creating? Yeah. So I think my thing is like, you should, a lot, most people are on autopilot. You know, I was once on autopilot. That's kind of like, I feel like that's where our baseline kind of returns to without putting, you know, forth the conscious effort of trying to make improvements in your life, striving to become a better person, building habits, whatever that, you know, may be for you. And so my intention with my story and what I share with it is I want to create that wake up call for people so they don't have to go through the tragedy. So they don't have to go through the crisis. They don't have to go through the car accident because that's not a guarantee that that will happen. And if you wait for something to force you to change, you might miss your opportunity to become the person you're capable of being because it never happened to you. And so my intention is to inspire yeah. people through my teachings to start looking for ways to change your life now. So disrupt yourself now, initiate the change now, instead of waiting for something to happen to you because we don't know if something will ever happen to you. And you might totally miss the opportunity because it will never happen. So the goal is to just disrupt yourself, disrupt your path, disrupt your habits, disrupt your 
thinking in a way that starts to, you know, propel you forward and create those small shifts that compound into those huge shifts over time. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so how, uh, how, how do you do that? Like how, cause I feel like part of it is this like visceral experience that like almost has to be like natural because it's like your brain goes, okay, n none of this has been contrived. Like this just happened and holy shnikes or holy <laughs> shit, according to your book. Right. It, it's, it's like, what just, okay. Like, yeah, we're on the wrong path. Like everything we thought was important right. five seconds yeah, yeah. ago is just bullshit. Like life is short. I could die tomorrow. Like I could be, you know, like what, so how do you create that? Like, I mean, what, what, what are yeah, some so, of the things so that you like about initiating that? change in general, I break it down into three steps. So step number one is to lead with curiosity. I think curiosity is the foundation of creating powerful change in your life. You have to be curious about doing something different. And there's a, a campaign that Apple ran for five years called Think Different. And I think what was really important about that is them highlighting the importance of thinking different, getting outside of your normal path of thinking and doing something different with the intention of making a lasting impact to yourself or for others. You know, for Apple, it was obviously for the world and technology in the marketplace. But for yourself, it's to impact yourself. So asking questions, challenging your thinking, and even collaborating, looking to others for support to kind of think about new ways you can approach your life. If you're not happy with the life you're living now, or if you feel you're on autopilot and it's just passing you by, you know, there's got to be a different approach you can take to bring more intention uh, into, your, into your life and, and start that domino effect of change. So curiosity is the first domino to fall. Number two is to get outside yeah, your comfort like zone, which... For me, that's what created the most change in my life. It was, okay, I don't like how I'm living. I need to do something different, but I know I need to get outside my comfort zone to really jumpstart the process of kind of overcoming the things that were holding me back my whole life. So for me, that was a trip to Europe. For most people, it doesn't have to be that you know, extravagant. It could be small things every day that new things right. you want to try that you haven't tried before, but are just you know, on the edge, on the other side of that comfort zone to pull you outside. Because that's where real growth happens. And after getting outside your comfort zone, it's number three is to take action. And action is a catalyst to change. And so if you never take action, nothing will actually change, which is why you can't just be curious. And then, you know, right. I, there's a quote from Jim Carrey. Um, you can't just visualize and then go eat a sandwich. You know, things take work. So you can't just be curious and then do nothing. You have to be curious and then you have to pursue the curiosity. And so, but taking action is really the, it's, yep. it's the final switch. It's the final domino to kind of initiate that change and to keep it going because um, the compound effect, which is one of my you know, favorite books that I've read early in my self-help uh, reading days, I guess. And it's the idea that small actions repeated over time compounded to something greater. So consistent action will create a greater potential for change. hundred uh, percent. Right. I talk about the compound effect all the time and i have this thing i call the equation of life I mean, it, it sort of takes the compound effect it, it it sticks it right in the middle and it's basically your belief system plus your repeated actions plus time mm. equals who you yeah. will become um that actions part right so like you know that your belief system like okay like what are you what are, you know that's kind of like what's your mindset like what do you how do you see the world 
Like, what do you, you know, what, what's important to you? What are you trying to get out of it? Right. Then, then plus your repeated actions, like, okay, like you just said, you can't just eat a sandwich and think about it. You gotta, uh, you gotta go and do it. You gotta take the action. Um, just like we were talking about at the beginning of the show, like sitting on a beach, drinking a pina colada, it sounds like the ideal life. Like if I can right. just retire and do that, but it actually isn't, it's, it's not fun. We get bored and, and we're not happy. But taking action on those important things, that's the key, right? The things that are uh, built around a, a solid belief system that are moving you towards the main areas of your life that will make you happy and that are important to you. And that's different for everybody. And I think where people tend to get caught up is, you know, they try to get the answers from, you know, other people's social media or reading books or whatever. And like, oh, that's what this guy said. That's what I need to do. I need to you know, okay, physical health. I know that's important. I, this guy's waking up at 6am and he's going, he's doing, I need to do that, right? No, yeah. it's, it's different for everybody. Physical health is important. Relationships are important. You know, your career and your finances, how you're expressing that, your emotional health, all these things are these main areas of your life are super important, but how you are expressing them, right? And how you're moving the needle and taking action on yeah. it is what's important, is what really matters right and at the end of the day that's to me that's your biggest job in life like is figuring out what is it that makes you truly happy like wh who do you want to be where do you want to end up what do you want said at your funeral and then now what are the actions you got to take every day to get there and i think a lot of people unfortunately never get to that point where they realize what that is right and we're talking about how you can have a life-changing experience really helps to just flash forward you because what that does is just like what I was saying, it's like all of a sudden you're going to the end of your life. Like I almost just died. Like what are people going to say about me tomorrow? If I, if I were to die, yeah. like, what were they going to say about me? Right. And then you're like, shit. And then it, but, it, but we're caught in this society in this trap of like focusing what we think is important and we're taking actions on usually revolved around, you know, notoriety, money, you know, and, and that's what we, we think will make us happy, but if you just focus on that stuff, then that's right. what your actions are based around, yeah. and you're in trouble, right? So, yeah, the action part, right? So, so important. So, let's get into some of the things that you. Right, so now, your, your top, your three steps: lead with curiosity, go outside mm -hmm. your comfort zone, take action. Easier said than done. How do you actually get people? to do this right because again this is like generic advice like all oh, that sounds great but somebody watching this how can you actually help them to say okay that's a really good tip i'm going to take away and i'm going to go and do that right yeah now so, and start doing so, it and building the habit of it let's see the way i would frame this is it all comes back to the curiosity point that's the starting point where we need to focus on the most because if you can't figure out step one you can't make you know two and three you're never going to exist so I've used what I call a curiosity bank in my own life, which helps me identify, you know, the new areas of life I want to explore, the changes I want to make, the experiences I want to try. Because activating your curiosity, like I was saying, asking questions, challenging your thinking and collaborating, it doesn't just happen by doing those things, but it happens by putting pen to paper. You, you have to write things down. And so I use what I, a curiosity bank. It's where yeah. anytime I'm like, oh, that's interesting to me or, oh, I need to make that change in my life or my business, you know, write it down, write it down. And so you create this like database right. of things that you can go after. And usually those things are outside your comfort zone. So that's just going to naturally lead you to step two without having to think about it because all those things on the list are going to be existing in some sort of level of discomfort just naturally because they're new and they're going to require you to change. 
And so I think it's important to write those things down because you essentially are starting to create a contract with yourself of ways that you can change your life. And so this tool, the Curiosity Bank, makes initiating change tangible, and it gives you a tool now. That I'm passing the baton to you to go use that as a leverage point in your own life to make that growth and change. And so it starts with writing things down. Yeah. So there, that, that's, that's the habit, right? That, right. Writing down, starting to take note of, of the things that are important. And then I, I, what you just said is so important. And it's like, I always talk about universal principles. It's like, there are these things yeah. that have been around since the beginning of time. They're going to be around until we destroy ourselves. Hopefully not if we, we figure it out. But, you know, we can, you can hang your hat on them. And one of those, one of those principles to me is, is this notion of basically always be growing. And then kind of like what we were talking about earlier with the pina coladas, like as long as you're growing, you're going to be happy. But what are you growing into, right? And so I like this habit that you have, which is right, you write down the things that are just on the edge of your comfort zone that, you know, you know fear maybe has come into play and you've told yourself, oh, I can't do that. You know, that's, no, that's too far. But by writing them down and putting them like in actual black and white concrete, you're going, okay, well, that's what I know mm -hmm. will make me happy to grow, grow into. So yeah. that's where I need to go. And if I, if I head towards that and figure out how to make it happen, then I know yeah. I'll be happy just enjoying the journey part of it. Yeah, I think like uh, so another just like kind of side tip, if there's people that are going to be using this um, tool is the things you write down, you don't have to do every single thing. And I think that's important because it can be really overwhelming or paralyzing once you start to use this tool and you're at, you know, you got a list of 10, 20, 30 things. You're, you're, you start to think, well, which one should I start with? Which one will give me, you know, the most impact that create the most change. And my tip always is go after the ones that you feel called to go after. You know, if you have a gut feeling about something, just go for it. Don't question it. Just give it a try and see what happens. And if it, if it was the right change, it will, you'll, you'll feel good in making that change and you'll feel really connected to it. But if you notice that it's not taking you in the direction you want to go, you can come back to, you know, step one, which, which is your list and look, at, look for someone else that calls you. And I think also with getting outside your comfort zone, getting outside your comfort zone starts with one step, not 10. And I think people think of getting outside your comfort zone as doing crazy things. So skydiving or bungee jumping or swimming with sharks, you know, all the, all the stuff that would impress other people. But the way I see discomfort and getting outside your comfort zone is that it's a personal challenge to put yourself in the slightest bit of discomfort to help you grow. And so when you're looking at your curiosity bank, just start with one thing, only one. Because when you take that step, you're going to start to create that forward momentum just naturally. That's what happens. And I think, yep. you know, a lot of people – have trouble overthinking things or the fear of, you know, what it's going to be like. But I think we can, we can minimize those feelings when yep. we just focus on one step at a time and not thinking, you know, two, two weeks, two months down the road of, of how it's going to play a role in our life. Just focus on how can I implement this sort of change in my life today? You know, what, what's that, that look like? So I, I love this step of starting small. And to me, you know, this is like such a huge, huge part of changing yourself that people just have a really hard time getting. And I get it. We're in a society where it's like, 
go big or go home, right? I want to hit a button yeah. and I want to have it all. I want to have my food delivered. I want to have everything I could possibly think of delivered. I want to have myself delivered in a car. I want to have in, act, information at my parents. Like, and I think it's, it's very difficult for people, you know, to get that notion, but it's starting like that you have to like mm -hmm. start small. You can't have it all right right then at the, at the moment like again the law of compounding like you're saying being so important if you just take one little step it reduces the friction it doesn't really seem like work and it's not as scary right and it just it totally just simplifies the process to where now you've taken that little step and i love that you use the word momentum <laughs> because that's everything that i'm about more momentum is like my brand right you, you're just building that little bit of momentum and you're like oh, right that wasn't so hard i could probably do a little bit more and then you do a little bit more right and then that yeah. just like a ripple effect kind of spreads to other areas, other actions. And then before you know it, you're like, wait, what was I so afraid of? Mm -hmm. But it's that, it's that initial yeah. step. That's, that's, that's the, it's going from A to B. Like if you want to get to Z, right. you got to go to A to B and then B to C and then C to D. And then your habits and your momentum start to kick in. And right. you're like, all right, well, this is what we do. And this it's at that point. Z and I kind of had this thought the other day when I was like writing some stuff about the compound effect and consistency. And once you, once you create that momentum, you'll realize that it's actually easier to sustain the consistency than it is to fall off and start again. So it's going to be much easier to keep going, even though it might not feel like it in the beginning. But when you start going, it's much easier to keep going every day, even if it's just a little bit of action, than it is if you fell off track and have to get the motivation, get the momentum again, and start to ramp yourself up. So the consistency actually becomes an easier baseline for you to live in than it is to constantly try to get yourself to get on track. hundred percent. And that all ties in again, that's, that's momentum, that's habits. That's like you, you get into your neurons are literally, I mean, it's, it's a scientific fact. Like it's not like, uh, although momentum is a cool thing because you can't, <laughs> you can't touch it, smell it, hear it. It's energy. Right? It, yeah. it's just, but we all know it's real. You look at sports, sport, look at, look at any sports team. Like how is it that one play can switch the entire dynamic to where now they're in control where five seconds ago they were getting their butt walked for the last 30 minutes. Like, so we all know it's real, but right. It's, it's, it's that initial little step and the importance of just getting into it. And then once you're there, habits don't care if they're good or bad helping or hurting you. But once they're doing their thing, they're doing their thing. And like you said, then it, it's almost like hard not to, yeah. because you're like, well, this is your brain's like, this is what we do. This is who we are. But if you're just relying on willpower and you're not, and you don't actually push through to, to make it a habit and, and start small, it's the best way to do that. I always, I talk about, yeah, uh, are, you, are you familiar with James Clear and BJ Fogg? So, right. He talked, so the, the two of them, I kind of combined the way that they both basically make it easy, make it obvious, make it simple, right. Make it um, attractive, satisfying, yeah. rewarding, like tricking your brain into being like, just, Okay, what, what do we like? What's easy for us? Because again, what might be easy for one person may not be easy for another. So there is no generic advice here. It's customizing it to your own personal DNA, right? So it's like, like what might be easy to you, like you said, you used the example of going on a trip earlier. That was like, you're sort of like, that, that's what, that was pushing you to an edge of an uncomfortable thing. Whereas somebody else, they may travel yeah. all the time and they're yeah. like, well, what's the big deal? Like, that's what I do. I travel, right? But so their, their thing might be different that they need to push and they need to recognize. So it's, it's different for everybody. And that's, 
you know, that important step you said at the beginning, lead with curiosity. And I, the way I put it again, the universal yes. principle, becoming aware, you got to be aware of yourself and your surroundings and where you want to go. And then one, the more you start to figure out your strengths, your passions, your, your weaknesses, your likes, dislikes, then you really, it helps so much to be able to sort of customize like these things we're talking about to your DNA and your personality to be like, okay, well, this is what's easy. Yeah, and I, this is a good I think first step. This me. is a quote probably right. said by many people, uh, but awareness is truly the first step toward change. Nothing can happen without any level of awareness. Um, and that's, you know, the first pillar in my book, you deserve the shit is, is awareness because that's where the journey of self-improvement, personal development, whatever word we want to use, that's where the journey always starts. You can't, you can't move forward without understanding both internal and external awareness, you know, who you are, but also like the surroundings and environment you exist in. Um, right. So I think that's, I think you brought up a great point about that. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to, okay. So you, we talked about good habits um, for the, the curiosity, the awareness with your curiosity bank. Is there anything else with that before I move on to my next question that uh, a habit that will help people become aware that you, you've developed, um, that you use? No, I feel like the curiosity bank is, is truly just a really good anchor when it comes to, you know, honing in on that awareness of things you want to change or try or do different. Um, just anything that really, you know, catches your attention and you're like, ah, that kind of interests me. I'll write that one down. Yes. Sorry. I was just looking at a few comments from people. Um, no, you're good. Question on the side that I'll, I'll try to get to shortly. Um, uh, so, okay. And then for the action part, let's talk about that. Cause obviously we, I think we both agreed that, you know, you can be as aware as you want. <laughs> uh, I liked your quote by Jim Carrey. Um, about the eat, what do you say? He, you can, uh, you can't just visualize and go eat a sandwich. So how do you get somebody to take action? Like somebody says, okay, I'm starting to figure this out. This is important to me. Okay. Yeah. This is what I want. They got the curiosity bank. They go, this is what I need to do. Start to the plan. Now what? I feel like any sort of action, you got to make a plan. And so when you write down what you're going to do and how you're going to do it, the reason why that's important is because you create that contract with yourself. And studies show that you're actually 42% more likely to achieve your goals when you write them down. So this shows us that that is something that we need to lean into as a tool to take action. It's not taking action because really taking action is doing the thing you want to do. Really, that, 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 that's what taking action is. But that's, you can't just tell someone that because it doesn't serve anyone. Right. Um, but there's a book I read called Creative Calling by Chase Jarvis. And the way he explained taking action has stuck with me. He says, you must do the verb to be the noun. You know, so if you want to be a writer, then you got to write. If you want to be a musician, you got to make music. And so that really shows that action is simply doing the thing you want to do, but that doesn't provide enough guidance because then it's like, like okay, well, how, how, how do I do, how do I do the verb? Well, you make a plan. And so when I make a plan, I like to like identify the angle or like the change I want to make. So let's just say, for example, um, say I want to, let's just use books. I want to read a book a month. We'll use that as the angle. And then you have to identify the specific action steps that are required for you to be that goal, the end goal. So for example, let's say I'm reading, um, let's say the action steps are, you know, buy the book. That's a you know, great first action step. Um, create a reading space. And then maybe the last one is reading, you know, 10 pages a day. And so those are your action steps that are required to get you to the output. So you're now focusing on inputs, which are you, you know, you're in control of inputs, you're not in control of output. 
the only way you're truly in control of the output is by controlling the input. So that's why you got to focus on those action steps. And then the final piece, which I think is most important, and it kind of ties into time blocking, is you schedule when and where to take action in your calendar, just like you would a business meeting you know, or, or a, a hair appointment or a, a dentist. Put it in your calendar. So, for example, if I'm reading 10 pages a day, every day at 7 p.m., that's in my calendar. So when it comes around 7 p.m., it pings me. Hey, you're supposed to be reading right now. And so that makes it a really tangible way to even have like just some other see it as accountability, you know, to your own account accountability partner. And um, I think that's really key to taking action because a lot of times when we have to try to decide every day when to take action on the, you know, on the day of, that's when we get caught up in procrastination, overthinking. So if it's already planned the day before, you know, or even further than that, and it's just in our calendar that we know when and where to take action. Love that. Yeah. So this, this ties to like having a routine. Um, I, I think routines are, are, are so important and uh, just having, so I break them into the morning, afternoon and evening. And I actually have, speaking of writing things down, I have, I have it written down where literally I have um, mm. and they're color coded. So I have the, if it's in red, that means that's a part of my routine that I consider a failure habit. And I want to, turn into a green green are the success habits and then i have black which are actually they're neutral habits we do have a lot of neutral habits in our life just things that we do that is just part of what we do and i look at those as opportunities right so like for instance you know we gotta eat breakfast but there's an opportunity there like to turn breakfast being a black habit into a green habit or a red habit it's a red habit if you're eating you know you know high sugar your salt, things that are, you know, chemicals, stuff that's making you less healthy versus, you know, stuff that's going to put energy in your body. And again, this is right. all personalized. So don't look at what somebody else is eating. Be like, I need to eat that. But whatever tastes good to you, that's, you know, educate yourself, become aware that that's healthy and to put in your body type of thing. Right. And so you, you, you've got this routine that you're doing each day. And again, your brain just starts to start to, to go, okay, this is who we are. This is what we do. And it becomes kind of on autopilot. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. And if you want to change your routine, like we were saying earlier, you want to start with small little steps. Like, you know, if you're eating sugar cereal every morning, you don't want to, you know, all of a sudden start eating, you know, one egg and a piece of lettuce. You know, it's like, okay, well, what's, what's the yeah. transition there? Like, is it, you know, eating a teen, a little bit of less cereal, but then also adding a little healthy thing to it, right? And starting small. But then once you start doing those routines, then like you were just saying, it's like, then you, you get into a rhythm where all of a sudden you're doing things that are helping you what you've recognized, you've become aware of are important to you. And now it's like, okay, you've got them written down there. You know what you're doing each day. Cause that's another thing. A lot of people have no idea what they do every day, especially. I, and I really just do my routine Monday through yeah. Friday. Cause that's kind of like, we all have like a Monday through Friday routine. I feel like versus the weekends, all bets are off. But, you know, and so Monday through Friday, like, what do you do from the moment you wake up, right? Like, and so I used to, for example, I used to have a failure habit. As soon as I would wake up, I would grab my phone and I would start looking at news. And my phone started, and this is back when Trump was president, and don't get me started. I, I was just so furious about everything that was happening and all the politics and everything. And I was just like, I just want to, like, I would, like, after 10 minutes of lying in bed reading these articles, I would want to, like, murder somebody. I'm like, right. This is not it starting my day in a good way right so then i actually switched that habit now it's a green one to uh, there's this app called flipboard 
and you can choose exactly what you want to see and it only shows you that right so i choose you know stuff on habits behavioral science happiness you know these types of things and so that's what i now read when i get up right that's just a perfect example of like so many people go through their yeah. life and they just don't even yeah. realize these little things that they're doing that are hurting them but if you write it down and you put them you mark them down and say okay this is my routine each step of the day it yeah i think that's uh you know that's a good point i like the, the kind of color coding framing them in, in that way and, and helping again bringing that awareness to the unconscious habits that we have you know those a lot of times both neutral and failure habits you might just be totally unaware of the fact that they're happening i know i had a similar habit like you mentioned with going on my phone for probably a long time with Without even realizing that was the first thing I did when I woke up. Um, and that, you know, it had a huge impact on my mental health, had a huge impact on my mood when I woke up. You know, I was starting at this, this lower level vibration because I was waking up and rolling over on social media with the intention that the phone was supposed to wake me up because of the light, which is a terrible thing. <laughs> like, it didn't make any sense for me because I was, I thought my, my the unconscious habit was me kind of reading low vibration stuff and I thought I was using my phone to wake me up but really I just it was having a negative impact on me and so that was a huge thing I cut out because it was having yeah. such a big impact on uh, my mood and where I started my day so uh, yeah I mean I've I think it's a something yeah. that probably a lot of people can relate with right awareness of just like all right we're talking about these actions you're taking during the day and morning during the day and then at night, like we all have these actions we're taking, right? And so that first step is becoming aware of them, writing them down, and then you can slowly start to say, okay, this one ain't helping me. And, you know, you're one of the fortunate ones that recognize, like, I need to cut this out. But a lot of people, especially phones, a good example, because I mean, we're all addicted to our phones. But, and to me, so again, in reducing the friction and, and instead of just trying to like use willpower and be like, I'm not going to use my phone at all. I, to me, you know, and maybe some people can do that. Good for them. But for me, like I have to, when I wake up and as I'm getting older, my eyesight's getting worse too. So now I grab my glasses and, but I can't just jump right out of bed. Like I used to, I don't have, you know, I, I I'm like, okay, five, 10 minutes. This is, but if I'm looking at something uplifting, that's like inspiring me and like, like giving me the ideas, ideas for the day and making me like building moment, my momentum, then great. I'm using my phone for good versus evil. But if you're just going on down the social media rabbit hole and all of a sudden it's like two yeah. hours later and you're like, what just happened? And I didn't get anything out of that. Then yeah, it all comes back. That's one year. And everything in life is intention. You know, what, are you leading with good intention? Are you leading with bad intention or un unconscious attention? You know, it's the same thing, but intention, I think is a very important thing to be aware of. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And that, that ties to exactly what you're saying, like being aware of what you're doing and the actions you're taking. So you're not just taking actions and being pulled, pulled to, uh, I guess one way to look at it, right. Is a lot of people, I feel like, like their actions are mm -hmm. based on outside mm -hmm. influences that are dictating their actions versus intentional actions are, okay, this is who I am. This is yep. what I want. These are the actions I'm going to take. So, um, well, this has been great, dude. Uh, I like to, I like to, and you've, you've given us some good habits. Is there any one habit that you would say before the accident that you had that you have now changed since the accident that is really other than, you know, and it could be one we've already talked about. 
actually, um, if it's like your number one biggest, but I always like to, when I'm interviewing successful people that are doing their thing, like the number one habit that they've developed yeah. that maybe they didn't used to have, but now they have. And it's just like, it's kind of- My management is huge for me. Um, being an author, being an editor at Forbes, being a public speaker, there's a lot going on in my world. And using time blocking has been like my key to being able to manage my day effectively and being able to put intention into each area without having to worry how I'm going to actually get it completed. So that's going back to the scheduling part. You know, I, you know, I have specific slots in my calendar of what I'm doing basically at every minute of every day. And maybe it was, you know, a little hard. It's a, tra it's a transition. Any new habit's going to have a transition, but once it becomes a habit, that's just now the way I, I, I couldn't live without it. I literally can't. So, you know, I have my morning routine in there. I have my oh, gym in there at breakfast. Right. I have this call. I have a meeting. I have lunch. Every single thing. I have a walk. Um, I put it in my calendar because I know if it's not in there, I'll spend too much time sitting around going, what was that thing I was supposed to do today? And then, I, you know, I waste 20, 30 minutes trying to remember right. and getting sidetracked and procrastinating. So this really helps me just, like, stay on course. I like, like that, putting it in your actual calendar, right? So I was saying I have a routines list. And it's, it's a separate list. I actually review it every morning. Um, I used to. I'll be honest. I don't anymore right. because I feel, I feel like I, I have it now. And I know the ones, parts of my routine that I'm trying to change versus in the beginning, there were so many different things like you're saying. But I like the idea. That's a little habit hack, in my opinion, a little gamification technique to sort of put it in your calendar. That way it's like, yeah, it's right there. And it's, it's going in order. And if you're like, what would those, you just can pull it up right then and there. Um, and you can kind of also, I like the idea it's tied to time. So you can kind of see, am I off schedule? Am I on schedule? Right. You're looking like, okay, I read for 10 minutes every morning and you're like, okay, that's usually at 8am. It's now 830. Oh, I'm a little behind. I need to, you know, move a little bit quicker. Um, and I also like the time. Can you tell yeah. me, is, is that time blocking you mentioned? Is that yeah, yeah, is time that blocking the same thing? The same thing. thing. So it's just creating blocks of time for, for a specific task. So I think the, the key thing to remember is each block of time should only have one thing you're working on. So, for example, um, tomorrow, let's say at 8 a.m., I write my newsletter. So from 8 to 9, I'm only focusing on one thing, and I move on from the newsletter once it's completed or the time block is up, and then I move to the next time block. And so this helps you just continue that forward motion through your day, completing the tasks you need to complete while not trying to multitask and then becoming less efficient. Well, I like that. Um, let me ask you about this as, as we're, we're wrapping this up. Do you, are you familiar I with am habit stacking? Familiar, um, not in like, I'm, I'm not purposely like stacking habits, but I like, I'm to be honest, my, my routines and, and stuff is days are so dialed to this point. Like things just kind of happen uh, naturally because I'm so, so right. I haven't had to, to like really lean into habit stacking to build a new habit lately. Right. So, so to, for the audience listening, habit stacking is basically the, the gist is, and this is, um, comes from James Clear, but he actually got it from somewhere else, but I think he's the one that kind of used the term, but it's basically, uh, when I do X, there's a certain activity that you're already doing. Like that's part of your routine. You already have the momentum of that habit that you do every day. Then I'm going to do, I'm going to also do Y. Uh, or right after or, or simultaneously. And why is the habit 
that you want to do that you want to build right and i i think it's genius i use it like a mofo and you probably use it without even really thinking about it too much it sounds like if you, if your yeah. routine is that dialed in where for instance like um you know my shower my morning shower routine like that was a black neutral habit basically <laughs> taking a shower i guess you could call it green because it's good to shower but for the most part we all shower in the morning it, it's it was you know that's a new, I, I just have a shower you can either just sit there you can start thinking about negative stuff or dreading the day right or what i've turned mine into is i now i've memorized my mantra so i say my mantra to myself right at, immediately after I say what I'm grateful for. And as I'm doing both of these, I'm actually doing my stretches, which I've timed perfectly to where my shower and my mantra, my grateful list and my stretching is all within this like four, five minute period. And so I get out of shower. I'm like, let's fucking go. Like I'm just fired up. Right. And it's like, I just have it stacked. I just took a routine habit yeah. that I was already doing. And I added in these things that I wanted to do where I was like, when am I going to have time to say my mantra and what I'm grateful for? Like, what's a good time to do that? And so you're just kind of stacking them in because you already have the momentum of doing that yeah. one habit. Now it's just adding a few more things on there. So that yeah, you can I think, I think it's a, a great way to, you know, try to get those new habits into your routine. It's good stuff. Well, dude, thank you so much, Jordan, for being on. There's so many nuggets. I've been taking notes as we go here. Um, and we're going to clip out some pieces and, and we'll repost and stuff. Um, where can people yeah, find on you? Jordan Carver on Instagram you? and TikTok. Um, pretty active on both those platforms. And um, we got a ton of free resources through the link in bio on either of those platforms. So, um, you know, check it out. And my DMs are always open too. So if you have any questions, hit me up. Well, great chatting with you, brother. Let's keep in touch. Um, always nice to meet a fellow uh, person. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. Appreciate way. it. So thanks, man, for being on the show. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. That's it for the Gamify Your Habits podcast with Will Moore. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to visit moremomentum.com to learn how you can gamify your life.